0: Hello. Welcome to the power word, Krit. I am Lilik, and I shall be your druid for the evening. Today, we shall be performing the ritual of the D and D.
1: Lilik, who are you talking to?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Not just communing with the spirits, you, see, you know.
1: Sure, spirits. Okay,
2: cool. Uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, I'm the DM. I'm Corin, and <laughs> sorry, we-, we didn't mean to hijack your game. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. It's
0: I definitely did.
2: Yes, indeed. With me today are four quenchless players. Qu- questionable
0: might be a, a better questionable option. Questionable
3: <laughs> four questionable players. They are. I'm Kayla, and I am playing Celestine.
0: I'm Andrew, and I'm playing Lilic.
1: I'm Ashlyn, and I'm playing Isidore Welkinmov.
0: I'm David,
4: and I'm playing Lord Usakar Von Pride.
1: So, last time,
2: on Power Word Crit, the group finished their preparations and met up with Yireg at the edge of Burdusk. After a half day's travel, the group met up with the rest of the clan and traveled all through the night. As they were bedding down for a long rest, the clan was ambushed by gnolls! One recognized Celestine right off the bat and immediately attacked her. After a quick battle, the gnolls were defeated, Lilik allowing one to live and to escape. The party enjoyed an uninterrupted long rest and traveled for another day towards the mountains. They approached what should have been the town of Harrendan, but instead there was a mile long lake of blood there. Lilik and Batula, the shaman of the clan, inspected the lake and the surrounding area They learned that it wasn't necessarily blood, but was more like the byproduct of some sort of plane shift spell. The clan and the party decided to look around the area for anything that could give more answers to what happened to the town, and Lilic decided to jump into the lake. When he got to the center, he noticed a large link, like a chain link, attached to more chain. After many, many minutes of pulling the chain out of the lake, a large triangle attached to the end of the chain appeared. And that is where we start this episode. You guys have just pulled this chain all the way out. Looking at the triangle, the triangle is about five feet long from point to point. It's very large, and it's being held by three orcs. It's extremely heavy. It looks goldish in color, but you see a couple orcs trying to wipe it off to see exactly what's what's going on with this thing.
0: Uh, Uh, This is a strange thing. Uh, Have you heard of such things? Have you read of such things in your studies? Mm. As he brushes some of the water and squeegees some of his furs and cloaks. Never.
4: (sighs) I don't consider myself to be a student of the arcane, nor is it something that I willingly dive into on a regular basis someone else would be better suited to consideration of this. That said, I did recently have, I think I recall, a dream a few days previous about this. A dream? Mm, Yes, it seemed to include a lake of blood. I doubt it's connected, but it does seem to have some
0: similarities. Mm, It is interesting that you would dream of such a place and then we find thing hmm. seems to uh, coincidental coincidental thank you in my family
4: there have been some members who considered dreams to be realms of passage into other worlds this is a tradition among my people as well not necessarily what you would term a magical connection perhaps but An obscure esoteric science and I'm not sure how that would connect to whatever this is perhaps the shaman would be a more appropriate person for us to turn to
2: she is on so there's the triangle that uh, the orcs have finished wiping off and they're setting it down on the ground the shaman is actually setting the chains and the chains themselves actually don't look that heavy, but the triangle did. Just from what you can see, you can expect it a little bit further, but the reason why Lilic was able to pull the chain was because it doesn't look like it's made out of metal. Like, Batula just grabs it and it's just fling, 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 fling all over the place. It looks very light. Hmm. She's very much trying to figure out what this is. Like, she's, she's got some tools out. She's chipping away at him. very, very interested in that. You guys also know, based on how long, it was many, many minutes for these orcs to pull this thing out. Just by judging at the pile, if you were to stretch it out, the chain itself looks to be about two miles long. Well, it's a big pile of chain. Holy heavens.
4: Could it be that this is some random bit of flotsam drawn in whenever this failed spell or ritual was cast? It seems like it drew things from somewhere, you know, this lake of blood, for example. Could it be that this lake of blood and this chain simply came from the same place and were summoned to this area? This seems a likely thing. In which case, perhaps somebody's now missing their pet
3: dog. <laughs> or really wanted their there dog to the have lake. a really long leash.
0: Did not see the, any uh, dogs down there
3: izzy as the
2: gold is appearing you see that this five foot sided triangle has a strange arcane symbols and equations on it etched into the gold itself oh the thickness by the way is about about six inches thick okay so Oof. it's it's very big and very very heavy there are arcane symbols and equations etched in platinum and diamond dust you recognize this immediately you have a jeweler's kit, right? I do. Do you have proficiency in investigation? I believe I do. I'm gonna.
0: So this is like a giant tag. It's like a, a flat. It's a
2: dog tag. <laughs> it could, it's a giant dog tag. You, so you guessed.
0: I was envisioning like a like a, a D four or something when you said triangle thing. That's a different picture. So.
1: Yeah. It is a 2D triangle instead of a 3D triangle. (laughs)
3: Like
1: a triangle (laughs) bath drain plug. (laughs) Uh, It is not not three-dimensional. It's not a pyramid. (laughs) (laughs) I do have proficiency in investigation.
2: Okay, go ahead and do an appraisal check, and this will be investigation, and since you already have proficiency. I actually have appraisal as a custom skill. Oh, do. Do But it's the same as
1: investigation, so there you go. Okay. So go
2: ahead and roll your appraisal skill that we did earlier, and I forgot we did.
1: (laughs) This was before the campaign started. Indeed. It was a very long time ago. Well, that's a nat one. Oh.
0: Oh, no. First roll of the day.
1: (laughs) Yikes. Gotta get it out. Gotta get it out.
4: If only you'd asked for help from somebody else. Yeah. Could have advantage.
2: If only. This is very
1: expensive.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Is it solid?
1: I start scratching at it. Seems to be.
4: Well, I suppose we could just bring it back to Bear Desk and retire.
2: <laughs> yeah, usurker if if you want to do it as well, you are more than welcome to
1: with your higher investigation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will let you borrow my jewelry kit if you want.
2: <laughs> However, doing an appraisal if you do not have proficiency in investigation,
3: obviously you don't get that. So yeah,
0: I I won't be able to. I
3: don't have. Training and investigation.
4: Anyone else I could get help from? Or is it just me alone?
3: Um, you have untrained eyes over here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can
1: point to you with... See, normally this would be where I would use this material in a jury setting. <laughs> like yeah. this one I would use to help guild.
4: I'm going to use tactical assessment, which allows me to have a bonus from to investigation checks. And so I roll... A lovely 8, but plus my investigation, this is going to give me a 16.
2: 16, okay. Your bonuses for
3: investigation.
2: (laughs) With a 16, it takes you a few moments, and Izzy is chatting away, (laughs) pointing things at you. Yep. Pointing things at it for you to look at. Right. And this 100% is solid gold. The symbols and equations are definitely etched in platinum, and there is a thin sheen of diamond dust that has been adhered to it as well. With that sixteen, you guess that this is worth roughly around one hundred thousand platinum pieces, Ooh. give or take a few thousand.
1: How much does this thing weigh? Quite,
3: Quite orcs- a bit. Three or six work.
1: inches
4: of gold, with that and five feet across.
1: I don't know how much that just- is. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know if we can carry
4: that. Eh, We have
1: wagons. (laughs) Oh, do we? We
4: don't even need it all in one piece. True. In fact, it's not going to be in one piece after we divide it between us. I'm
1: wondering if diamond dust has the same hardness as regular diamonds.
4: No, because it's dusted. Okay, fine. I mean, uh, diamond dust actually is not that hard simply because diamonds are not that hard when you apply blunt physical force to them. They will shatter. It's how hard it is to scratch them that you are thinking about. That is where a diamond is truly impossible.
1: I mean, that's what all I use diamonds for.
4: <laughs> is well, this looks more like the type of thing where you would fix it to a sort of saw, usually crust them with diamonds and the like in order to improve the cutting power. Obviously, not on gold though. This is purely decorative or magical. Yeah somebody with detect magic would have to do that, but given that we found it at the bottom of a lake of something like unto blood, probably.
2: Yeah. Userker, with your knowledge of conversions, it would, at minimum, weigh about 1200 pounds. Minimum.
4: If any of you were in here for the money, uh, retire.
3: I mean, you have to get away from the orcs first.
4: Um, what? We dragged it out? I suspect that we can, you know, cut it in half and still retire. And They can have half and we can have
0: half. Still, Lilikez uh, fi- finally finished cleaning himself off from the, the lake and is now approached uh, again. And is like, ah, I think I, you, you said detect magic. This is something I can do. He pulls out his necklace of bones and begins that spell, circling it around the giant thing, and get to sense the presence of magic. Behold,
2: it is very magical. The runes and the etchings light up. The gold itself does not, but the etchings and the equations light up like a D&D equivalent of a Christmas tree.
0: Several of the bones lift and point directly at such runes and things like that. What schools of magic?
2: So they? you get high, high levels of conjuration. That makes sense. You get a tiny bit of abjuration. However, the abjuration that you're seeing is very faint and it looks like that the equations that the abjuration circles are on and that are glowing that color, they look chipped and they look skewed, like it was damaged. Mm. You also see evocation. (laughs) Great. You also see transmutation. However, just like the abjuration, the transmutations equations are brittle. Some of them are very, very scratched. And it looks like those did not survive whatever this thing was supposed to do.
0: So you said conjuration, abjuration, and the abjuration is somewhat broken. Correct. Evocation. Yes. And
2: transmutation. Transmutation. The abjuration and the transmutation look broken, and they look like they did not survive whatever spell this was used for. And I'll give you that. This definitely was used for a spell. It definitely looks like a spell component the more you look at it.
4: I have a question, Lilic. Um, Yes. Obviously, this object was summoned here by a powerful conjuration effect. Are we, in looking at its conjuration effect, seeing the remnant of that summoning? Or is this, it is itself some form of conjuration or conjuration-related ability?
0: Uh this one seems to be a spell component. There are markings of many kinds of spells. Some are damaged, some are broken. This seems to be a tool in the use in the use of said spell.
3: Celestine looks over at Lilic. Do you know identify by chance? No. Shame, I don't either. Batula. Yeah Do you know Identify? Uh are you I able know. to
1: identify magical objects using a spell? That, called I uh, may maybe. Uh, h- hold on, hold on. Um, could
2: somebody like hold this for me? And another orc comes by, and she hands a pile of the chain into their hands. You expect them to to drop from the weight, but like nothing happens. She goes, "Okay, hold that, please. I'm definitely looking that at that one section." Okay, hold on. And she runs over to you guys. Okay, what what do you need? Sorry.
3: Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to pull you away from your investigation. Um, no, that's okay, just... What's up? This appears to be magical. Okay. we don't know what it does.
2: Well, you I are, uh, I can
3: detect if, if it's
0: magical. Uh, we we have uh, known that it is magical. The uh, conjuration, the abduration, the evocation, transmutation. Uh curious if you know spell to identify.
2: Well, uh...
4: And if not you, then is there anyone else in this tribe?
2: I can try. However, it may not work. So, let me see what I can do. Let me see what I can do. And she looks at Celestine and she says, can I use you as a a magical art focus again, please, dear? Yep, no problem. Awesome, thanks. And she takes her hand and plops you down on the ground next to her. And she sits there, cross-legged, and stares at the thing in front of her. And after about 30 seconds, you see her eyes go a little cross-eyed. And then she focuses again. She goes a little cross-eyed again. Okay, I think I'm ready. And she puts her hand on top of your head. and She start. closes her eyes. I'm gonna be
3: meditating and I don't know if that's gonna help, but we're meditating. Okay. Time <laughs> where i let this work.
2: <laughs> so, about 10 minutes go by. Celestine, her hand is getting heavier and heavier on your head. She doesn't realize that she's doing that. After about 10 minutes, she goes, I'm sorry, everyone. Just the spirits aren't talking today. I apologize. Uh, I do recognize some of these equations, but I just, I can't identify exactly what they're for. I, I think whatever information you can give would help. So your friend Lilacure is right. There's definitely some abjuration. There's definitely some evocation and conjuration and all that. The best that I can guess is that this is definitely a
1: tuning fork. A really weird tuning fork. It's a very large and heavy tuning fork.
4: It's used to function for a piano or other instrument and find the correct key.
2: Yeah, yeah, kind of like that except like jumping planes instead. So, so totally nothing different. like that at all. So totally different, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: but this was, oh.
2: you were definitely close
1: <laughs> I mean, you had a good metaphor
2: Yeah I just, I can't This is well beyond any magic I've learned And I'm sorry
0: Many thanks for your uh, knowledge
4: And nobody else in the tribe is expert in identification magic
2: Not to the extent that we need this this is something well
1: beyond a simple identify bill. Is there some way that we can transport it to someone who could identify it? I mean, we got that that carriage over there. Do
4: we have the sending stones. We have what? Do we still have the sending stones from the guard? We no, could summoned so. Greg.
3: Wouldn't oh my word! <laughs> Jeez. Oh, no, he would I don't love that. We don't those have a stones. range or something? Probably. Anyways. summon
1: Greg.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. This is well beyond anything any of our tribe can figure out.
0: Uh, perhaps we could break the chain.
2: Yeah, it looks, honestly, it looks pretty breakable. Look look at this. And she pulls up a little bit of the chain. And again, it's super light. Like Celestine, you could hold it. Uh, Izzy, I don't know what your strength is. But Eleven. You can, you, oh yeah, you can definitely hold it. It's a little bit heavy to you. So it feels like uh, each link is maybe about five pounds each. So like, you could just, you know. I can hold it for a short amount of time. She's like, yeah, just just look. And she takes her fingers and she scratches against it. And it starts to flake. (gasps) It's plated.
1: But- How dare they sell fake jewelry.
2: (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) It's fake chain mail. So, Lilic, this is very similar to what you experienced at the bottom of the lake, where it felt like ash, but it was smooth. This looks like it's flaking and that it's breaking apart. Mm. Same material, but it looks like it's degrading very quickly.
0: This is a thing not of here. It is uh, perhaps not long for here.
2: I I think so either. Well, sorry. (laughs) My comment's pretty bad. I don't think it's going to stay here either. But this thing, yeah, yeah, we've got that that carriage that we have that we can store it in. But uh, the horses might not like it.
0: Hmm, kind of furrowed brow at that, just a little bit.
1: <laughs> yes, you would be very concerned for the horses. I just, I don't know. This thing is mind boggling.
4: Better They might not like it because of how what? heavy it is.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. They they, they would. They probably okay. won't like it. Yeah, that's what I was assuming. <laughs>
0: Perhaps we could... (laughs) And uh, that's why
1: Lilic feels for them, and I understand why he's saying that.
0: (laughs) Perhaps we could uh, leave here and get it on return trip. Yeah. Uh, We have place to be. Yeah. No use taking it uh, on hard trip, and then...
4: Well, why don't we cut it in pieces, according to shares, as it were, half to the orcs, and then the other rest of it between ourselves
3: question how do you soccerer may not be the right person to ask but I get the feeling that breaking magical items is usually a bad thing
4: possibly Often difficult however I hear that the abjuration effect at least is already degraded and the evocation the is... has not killed a, a Lilic yet which means it's unlikely that touching it will set it off
3: no 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 I'm just concerned about You know cutting through these circles and what it will do yeah so the gold
2: itself the container as you would say looks normal it was the etchings that looked magical itself so celestine might be correct and usarker might also be correct this is something completely
3: alien to all of you guys i'm hesitant to cut it just because i don't know if it's going to explode i'd rather not risk our lives I guess theoretically we could try to cut around the circles and things like that by... I don't know. At the very least, we should get no, uh, notes on it. Also, how are you going to cut it?
4: I assume the orcs have tools. Also, I have tools.
3: How long? Uh, You also
4: have... Uh, I mean, you have
3: wormhole to break. To...
4: It's only six inches wide. Thick. Yes.
3: And five feet wide. Yes. And five feet tall. It is
0: five feet... Right, I forgot how big it was.
3: Yeah, (laughs) it's as as tall as a man. We could leave the orcs here. Amen. We could leave some orcs here to break it up, but it's going to take a while to do that. Would be my assumption.
4: Well, I was only hoping to give some sort of value to the orcs, help them out in their time of need. But if you all think it's better to bury it underground.
0: Uh, I think uh, we come back for it.
1: That's why I was wondering if there's a way that we could, like, magically teleport it somewhere for safekeeping.
4: That would require NPC levels of magic.
2: Yep. Maybe we could have a few of our clan take it back to your town, Burdusk. Do you know anybody there who might be able to house it for you until...
4: Nobody I'd trust it with.
2: Okay.
3: You don't trust Long Greg with magistrate. it? <laughs>
4: Long term. I think that even the soundest of minds would turn to greed.
3: But at least we would know where it was at.
4: Unless they sold it.
3: Unless they sold it.
2: We could also bury it so only we know where it is. Well, throw it back t- in the
3: lake. I don't think... <laughs> throw it back in the lake. If it's magical, Greg isn't going to sell it. Until he figures out what it is. And then there's the... High magistrate? Mm-hmm. That... Okay. And then there's the high magistrate. So...
1: <laughs> Honestly, I don't care what we do with it. I... Yeah.
3: I don't know if this is going to help us. It's definitely not going to help me find Jaden. I'm sitting here trying to figure out how much does Celestein care about money. Like she's a priest or a cleric is that M- money one that armor? doesn't care about money is it one who does it's a very fine line I'm not sure where Celestine's at right now someone
4: has to buy your armor and war gear and someone has to pay for the food to feed your well, stomachs yes
3: but there that's called obviously none of that would go to me none of the gold I would make would go to me it goes to the church mm-hmm. so anything I take is probably going to go to the church
0: Perhaps we can uh, take a rubbing or drawing of symbols.
3: At the very least, we should do that, yes. Yeah, Uh, let's do that. Usarker, if you would like to, you can try to scratch through the top level between the circles and see if it does any harm. If it doesn't, then we might ask some of the orcs to start breaking it up.
0: I mean, use uh, parchment, uh, hides, use uh, charcoal. Yes, Uh, if
4: you'd like to get started on a rubbing, I think that that would be ideal
3: rubbing it is yeah i'll help you with that celestine okay we now have a lot of rubbings so
2: as the morning because this is morning by the way oh yeah we we're gonna <laughs> go <to> sleep <laughs> yeah as the sun get is getting higher and higher in the sky it's at this point it's about 9 or 10 a.m we'll say 10 a.m it takes you about an hour to get all the rubbings and make sure that you get all the intricate details because there's very small etchings there's very large etchings It is extremely complicated. Whoever did this probably spent months trying to create this thing. It's very intricate. Everything moves into itself. However, you do know that it failed at some point
1: because some of the parts are broken. So when we're done with the rubbings, I'm going to approach Petula and I'll say, so I know you mentioned that we could try to send that hunk of metal with a small group of your people yeah, uh, back to someone we trust in Burdusk. Rather than that, could we ha- send someone with the impressions that we made? I think that's more important than knowing or being able to get the actual material of this oh, triangle thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Weegub! Weegub! Come on over here! I'm sorry, what was that name? Weegub! Wegum, Wegub, Wegub, W E G U B. Okay, it's a very common orc name.
2: No, nope, that was out of character. <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> Wegub, come on over here, please. And you see, uh, like a, what looks to be a thirteen or fourteen year old. Oh. And he goes, "Yes, ma'am." Wegub, do you remember your way back to Birdusk? He goes, "Yes, ma'am." Do you, would you like to uh, help these these fine ladies and gentlemen to get some help? Yes, ma'am. You're welcome to take anyone that
1: you want, but we need these rubbings to go back to Burdusk, and you need to find who is uh, it? I think uh, the high magistrate, because I don't think Izzy knows about Greg.
2: <laughs> the high <laughs> magistrate. Do you remember the one with the with that you thought had the really really cool
1: chair, and you wanted one? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and
2: do that, please. Yeah, I'm sure the high
1: magistrate will find whoever needs to look at this. That, yeah. And he he calls over, Turbog,
2: Turbog, we're going on an adventure,
1: let's go. Oh no, more young adventurers. I hope they don't get stuck with a dart that almost kills them. This is how it begins. (laughs) Like what happened with court? We shall see. Oh no. So these two young
2: orcs, one male, one female, they pack up their stuff and they grab a little bit of the food and say, we'll be off. Shall we meet you at the mountains? And Batula says, good. yes, go ahead, go please. And they're like, bye. And they just start running. They are so excited. Wow. And uh, ah, the energy of youth.
1: Yeah. A, uh, of youth.
0: I look
4: over at you. How old are you?
1: Like 25.
4: You're too young to be making comments like that. Unless your species lives a lot less than I imagine it does,
1: Izzy shrugs and just walks <laughs> off. She doesn't to respond to that. <laughs> yeah,
2: a, another orc comes up and uh, she says, "Thank you, my son, child is of age and need task for rite of passage."
1: Oh, okay, good. This that was a, explains a the good excitement. reason for this. Cool.
2: Bring great mm. pride to family.
1: <laughs> He'll bring
2: honor to them all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for wonderful task. And she just walks off. <laughs> okay, so time to go to bed. Yeah, time to go to bed. Yes. You guys get a fitful sleep, and you wake up just as dusk is approaching.
4: Mm, before we go to bed. Oh, okay. Usarker is not an expert in controlled dreams, but he has seen a fair amount of it. He would like to attempt to, you know, by going through oh, Batula's stash of herbs and other, like, ingredients.
2: She willingly gives them up to you. Mm-hmm. She says, be, be careful with that one over there. That one, ooh, that one's a, that's a rough trip.
4: Mm. I guess I'll be very careful. I'm going to attempt to create a concoction to aid in dreaming and sleeping. Something similar to the type that my Aunt Esmeralda would have used in going to her quote-unquote dreamlands. Okay. And I'm going to see if I can't enter into a dream state when I sleep and perhaps get some more... Another, you know, vision of this lake of blood.
2: Okay. So first of all, I'm going to need you to do a nature check to identify all of the herbs and concoctions that are here.
4: That would be a 15.
2: Okay, 15. Easy enough. You identify like valerian root you identify chamomile those are pretty easy you also notice that her system of organization doesn't necessarily differentiate between medicine and food herbs so it's all a little mixed up however you do recognize some stuff in this stash that you might be able to create some lucid dreaming perchance to do so you're gonna have to make a medicine check is this your first time making one without assistance of your aunt?
4: Probably. Okay. Because I'm not as skilled in this, I am actually proficient in medicine. But I am going to pull in Celestine, who I know is also proficient in medicine, just to double check on some other things.
2: That would be a good thing to do.
4: Is Celestine willing to participate?
3: Yep, I am
4: make sure I'm not killing myself or seasoning myself. I am trained in medicine,
3: so that helps. So what am I doing?
4: So I'm just going to roll, but I have advantage because of your support. Okay. 19.
2: So with Celestine's aid, you both managed to come up with something that you know will knock you out, and does have the chance of maybe letting you access some dream world stuff. However, it will be shaky at best. Since this is your first time, you're not entirely sure what...
4: It's been a while since I've seen the exact ingredients and some of the exact measurements have escaped me.
2: Yeah, the measurements, you're not entirely sure if they're correct, but you could potentially do what you wanted to do.
4: Excellent. Well, I'm going to imbibe the concoction before bedtime then.
2: Corin gets to roll something.
3: Ooh. Also, did, did I we need to poison you.
4: It could be my aunt died in her sleep. It is true. From <laughs> this, <laughs>
3: I would like to have waking herbs with me, just in case. You know, like smelling salt. something like that, just in case.
2: Batula has many of those. You oh, can good. you can take some. She willingly gives you and some. Sarkar,
3: did you happen to slip and tell Celestine that your aunt died in her sleep after doing one of these dream um trips?
4: it depends on how curious probably. celestine was about you know where I, what i was doing and where i lived probably it from. very
3: curious in
4: that case yeah i'm sure at
2: some point it came up
3: okay yes we're getting those uh, herbs that wake people up just in case
2: perfect first Usurker, i need you to roll a d4 for me please 3 good now i get to roll something so Usurker, you take the potion and you fall asleep
1: Never to wake up. <laughs> hey
3: everyone, this is Kayla. Today I wanted to give a shout out to our followers on Twitter: d and d Sylvie five one one three one one six five, Arcane Dice, Justina Revolute one, Skirmisher Games, F Master ninety, Dyson Mind, RPG Music Maker, A Wolves Den, FLGS, Moss Dagger, Gamsky, God Underscored Mode, Goth Hoblin. Love underscore Rosie, Typhonius, anarium Podcast, Unnamed game Gameco, Skeletal Orange, Bronson Fitz, and Elvin underscore Firefly. I'd also like to shout out to our Facebook followers, Rachel, Alex, Debbie, Connor, Heather, Sarah, and Howard. Want to get a shout out from a cast member of Power Word Crit? Just do one of the following follow us on Twitter or Facebook, or tweet about the show using the hashtag Power Word Crit. Or share a post from our Facebook page and include the hashtag PowerWordCrit. Or tell us how you shared this podcast with someone by sending an email to PowerWordCrit at gmail.com. And we'll give you a personal shout out in our next episode. Thanks. Now back to the show.
1: So Corin, while Usarker and Celestine are making his concoction, could I talk to Batula before going to bed? Absolutely. All right. So I'm going to go find her and... When I do, I'm going to be like, hi. Uh, Oh, hello, my dear. I just had a couple of questions for you. Um, So remember how you told me about my echo and kind of told me how I can... She immediately puts her hand up and says, let's talk about this in private.
2: Okay. Let me grab something real quick. And she grabs like a leg of some sort and rips it off the beast that's currently getting cooked in the fire. She goes... (laughs) Okay, I'm ready. Let's go. I'm, I'm starving. <laughs> okay. And she she takes a look into her tent, sees those two in there, and she goes, uh, let's just walk over there, shall we? Okay. Okay. Should I not have told them about it? Because I already have. Oh, no, no, no. It, it's totally fine. It's just my clan's not going to understand. So oh, okay. Yeah. So let's walk over there. And so you guys walk about a hundred feet away, and she knocks over a half, partially destroyed
1: stump. And she goes, "Sit, sit. Let's let's have a chat." Oh, okay. Um, uh, thank you again, by the way, for telling me about all this. It's been kind of a learning experience for the last week. I was wondering if I don't know how familiar you are with these echoes, but I was wondering if you could help me learn how to use them. Cause when we were fighting those gnolls yesterday, I didn't. Even Realized that like my echo was attacking when I was attacking I thought they were just there but I mean anytime I've called an echo they haven't really been helpful like trying to like open doors and 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 there was this time where I somehow teleported I don't think that should have happened but hmm interesting tell me more and everything that happened (laughs) during that time (laughs) I will, but before I tell you all of that, I also wanted to ask, is it possible to know which god gave me this ability? She was chomping on her giant leg, <laughs> and she gives you a quizzical look and she goes, "Was it not the god that you worship?" I mean, I don't worship like a specific god. I wish I like give thanks to whichever gods are Convenient at the time, I, I <laughs> don't cool. really for <laughs> the situation. Yeah, I'm. I'm not super religious. I believe that gods exist. I give them worship when it's called for. I don't really rely on one specific god, though. There was that time that I was praying to Timora back in Greenest. Did that happen before or after the event? That was after, mm. but before I started seeing my Echoes. Mm. Well, like I said, I've only met a few throughout
2: my lifetime and I'm fairly old and they're extremely rare. However, they usually know which God gave them that ability. However, if you were on the brink of death, we could probably rule out any of the death gods cause they wouldn't necessarily step out of their domains nor
1: would any of their followers. Okay, that narrows it down to, like, 900 other gods. <laughs> 932, but who's counting? Uh, oh, did they add 32 more to the Pantheon while I wasn't looking? Yeah, that happened about 20 years ago. No. Oh, jeez.
2: <laughs> you know what? How about you show me? Show me what you can do, how you've
1: interacted with your Echo, and maybe that will give us some ideas. Okay. And I will proceed to summon Echoes and show her some of the things that I have learned how to do, like teleporting, switching places with them. And if I make an attack, then it makes an attack from its area. And I think those are all the abilities she's learned so far. So yeah. (sighs) All right. Well, I am going to have to commune with nature on this one. Uh,
2: You have given me a good head start. However... You're a little uncoordinated with, with your Echo. I've usually seen <laughs> oh. those who have already figured out some stuff,
1: so let's just help you with with that, shall we? Okay. And for flavor reason, can I just be like, mentally telling my Echo, like, hey, you should go up into the air, because why not? Whenever you do that, your Echo goes, whee! <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, it can move up? <laughs>
3: I mean, to be fair, you can't. Whoa, I can
2: fly! And then she immediately disappears because it's been the end of the minute. (laughs) Bye, Dora! (laughs) So you guys spend a couple hours doing that. You do, by the end of the couple hours, feel a lot more solidified in what you can do. You seem to have a better grasp of Dora as well. She seems to have a better grasp of you and you guys are coordinating a little bit better and she's able to say more complete sentences at this point. Oh, cool. She seems a little less disoriented. An added bonus. Yeah, she seems a little less disoriented, but still can't interact with doors. Still
1: can't interact with
3: doors. (laughs) I mean, not that there are doors to interact with out here.
1: I asked her to pick up a rock. She couldn't pick it up.
3: She tries and she goes, no, (laughs) don't feel like it. Okay. Doesn't even try, it's just a, Mm, no, No. that's valid. (laughs) At this point, you now have
2: full control over Dora. Sweet. And you can use her any way you see fit within the bounds of the class. Right.
4: The rest of the party has been considering and thinks that you should mention Tempest as a potential god who's helped you since Tempest has been helping the party basically every day via Celestine.
1: (laughs) But then he'd be competing or Celestine would have to compete for attention from... Te- I don't know.
3: Eh, nope. <laughs> Tempest <laughs> loves... Tempest has more than enough love for all.
4: Tempest's violence can be given You hear your voice from
3: Celestine in the tent. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, because Izzy has mentioned Timora the most, like, that's what makes most sense to me as the player, but it I don't want to rule out other gods that Izzy may know of, but it, I don't as a player.
0: It could be uh, Kiri, the god of trickery. The sky and the weather. It seems that you are uh, attuned to some of those things.
1: See, I didn't even know... Ab- that must be one of the 32 gods that were added to the Pantheon I didn't know about. It could no, be
0: Sue old god.
2: Okay, well, people. I
1: didn't pay attention close enough to all the gods. <laughs> Lilic
2: is now sitting there. <laughs> Did you go with her? He, <laughs> Why not? He, he's
0: been you're nearby, mostly praying to his gods yeah it
4: could be soon god of good fashion sense
0: could be
2: (laughs) that would really be stepping outside of their boundaries oh man so Batula does tell you that she's gonna have to think about it because again this is a very strange situation that a god that you do not worship exclusively just outright tried to help you Lilik, is there anything else you wanted to do before bed
0: no continue his meditations
1: Okay. Hey, with hey the you finding area. any good rats out here?
0: Uh, have not looked.
1: Okay, just just curious, making small talk. Okay. Do you do you think uh Celestine and Usarker are done with whatever Usarker's science experiment is?
0: I, I seem to have heard the uh, talk of uh, dreams. Oh, uh, weird. Uh, Usarker said that he had a dream of lake of blood.
1: So, like, he foresaw the Mm. lake of blood that we saw today before we saw the lake of blood
0: seems strange eh?
3: and he wants to knock magic (laughs) the gods it was definitely not a god that sent it to him (laughs) even (laughs) though it definitely sounds like a god may have sent it to him interesting science definitely science
0: the dreams the portents these are things common it seems even those who deny such are uh, participating in them
1: yeah, that that's true. Can't always escape the gods, no matter how much you try to run from them, is evidenced apparently by Lord Pride. Usarker.
4: Yes.
2: You take your potion. It takes about twenty minutes, but you feel yourself your head lolling and you finally conk out. Excellent. So here's a question for you. Where would Usarker feel the most safe?
4: Hmm. You would likely feel the mm-hmm. most safe. In his room, back at the old Pride Mansion.
2: You're standing there in the foyer of the Pride Mansion. Hmm. Things look a little out of place.
4: I know how this dream goes. My aunt always claimed that there was an entrance to her dreamlands in the catacombs.
2: Are you going to go search in the catacombs?
4: Uh, if there's anything that you'd like to input at, you, you were saying something, which I think I interrupted. I'm sorry.
2: Oh, I was just saying that things looked a little weird and, like, the stairs are upside down. Mm. So you, at this point, you do know you're dreaming. You have successfully been lucid. However, you do feel it slipping in and out. You don't quite have a grasp on it. But at this moment, you are lucid.
4: Excellent. In that case, I will begin going in the direction of the catacombs
2: okay you make it there nothing really boggles your mind too much except there's a bunch of ravens that are nesting above the catacombs but they are hanging in very strange directions like some of them are diagonal some of them are upside down some of them look inside out which is kind of weird and gross and gross
0: yeah
2: but you are at the entrance of the von pride catacombs
4: Ah, I recite to myself the directions which I was required to learn and begin to wind my way down the labyrinthian
2: passageway. Please make an intelligent saving throw.
4: That would be a 15.
2: As you're walking, you take a left, you take a right, you start going straight, and for a moment you get lost and you feel yourself losing lucidity and the dream starts to shift to something else. But then you regain your composure and you shift it back to the catacombs. You feel like you are halfway to the point of where your aunt told you that secret door would be. Go ahead and make another intelligence saving throw, please.
4: That is a natural 20, so 24.
2: (laughs) Nice, okay. Just like the lullaby that you heard as a child, you recite it, and you know it like the back of your hand. And you reach an area of the catacombs that was normally a wall. A stone wall. But there is a door there. And there's there's a light glowing underneath the door.
4: The first time, perhaps, that I have seen a light through this darkened passageway, which does not exist in the waking world, with caution and care, I slowly open the dark portal.
2: Okay, go ahead and make a wisdom saving throw with disadvantage.
4: Well, that is a natural 20 and a 10. The 10 becomes a 12.
2: You open up the door and you are staring into a study. But outside the study, the walls and the windows outside looks like they are on fire.
4: This is is a strange thing. Well, let's see what my mind has in store for me. Do I recognize the study? Do I know whose it is?
2: Yes, this is your aunt's study. This is where she conducted all of her experiments.
4: I step into it.
2: There's papers on the ground, there's concoctions all over the walls, there's books strewn about. Was your aunt normally messy?
4: Her her preoccupation was not with the physical world, and she did not much care for the accoutrements thereof. She believed that the dream held a vaster and longer reality for her, and that by studying it and mastering it, she could perhaps escape the banality of life. And so she was a tidbit, at least by Pride standards, messy, but we are not a messy people.
2: So this is definitely organized chaos compared to the Pride standard. Go ahead and make another intelligence saving throw.
4: That is a 17.
2: 17. Man, you're doing really good. You look around and you seem to be grabbing a hold of everything and keeping yourself here. You do feel the dream wants to shift as dreams normally do, but you're, you're holding strong. However, you do see that in one of the windows, the area clears and you see a blue sky.
4: What is my mind trying to tell me? What among... My dear aunt's study is there. I walk over to the window and look at the blue sky.
2: You see the blue sky, and it's just blue sky. There's clouds there. You do not see ground. You do not see any other buildings. It looks like that this area is floating in the sky. However, after about 30 seconds of looking around and looking at the sky... You hear a crash as a hand slams through the window and tries to grab your neck. I need you to make a strength saving throw.
4: Um, before I make a strength saving throw, do I have time to react to what sort of a hand this is?
2: This would be considered a surprise round. Okay. Because the hand came out of nowhere. You didn't see it, it just came through the window. Almost as if the window became the hand.
4: Well, I got a 15 on my strength saving throw then.
2: Okay, this hand tries to grab at your neck, grabs a hold, but you manage to pull away really quick. And at that moment, another hand comes shooting out. Go ahead and roll for initiative, please.
4: You'll be pleased to note that I got an almighty five.
2: Okay, this
4: hand goes first. Tell me about these hands. now. That so we're these
2: hands the are translucent. They look like they're coming from the window themselves, but the window shattered into these glassy gloves-like thing, and one tried to grab you, and the other one is grabbing at you as well. And you can see the sky outside, just lovely outside. So it's going to try and grab your neck again. Go ahead and make another strength saving throw.
4: That is a 21.
2: Okay, it tries to grab you again, and you manage to pull away. You also hear, Zarker, Run! Do I, it is your turn. do
4: I recognize the voice? You do.
2: It is your aunt.
4: Strange. I do not know what this thing is. I step back from it and towards the exiting doorway.
2: Okay. So you managed to get about five feet out of the doorway and you hear all the other glass start to shatter. There were 10 windows and you start to hear all of them shattering. That's a lot. And you hands. hear the cracking of sound as these hands start touching the ground and start moving their way towards you. I'm going to need you to make another strength saving throw. Ah,
4: there we go. Seven.
2: Seven. One manages to grab you, and and as you glance back, you do notice that these hands are extending. They're just coming straight out, and it grabs your neck. You take 12 points of piercing damage as this thing grabs a hold of your neck, and it has you tight. You feel the glass digging into your neck and the blood starting to pool down your neck. What do you do?
4: How am I equipped in this dream? Hmm. I think my first reaction here, assuming that I'm not carrying anything uniquely threatening, would be to grasp one of the skulls or lanterns or candlesticks from one of the countless mausoleums and use that to try and shatter the glass.
2: So you are in a dream. So you can, as an action, make an intelligence check To try and will something into your dream. You can do that.
4: So for now, I think I would like to keep with what I have done. That seems like the most reasonable course of action here. Okay. Rather than trying to spawn something in, is that, you know, there are things I know are here. Candlesticks, skulls, and other such things.
2: Right. Okay. So you do manage to grab a skull. And what would you like to do with the skull?
4: It's a glass hand. I would like to shatter it.
2: Okay. Go ahead and make an attack roll, please. Natural 20. All right, go ahead and do damage. This is going to be a d4 of damage. Doubled.
0: That's the third 20 that you've rolled in this dream.
2: I know, right? But
4: one of them was at disadvantage, so I didn't get to okay, keep it.
0: Fair. Mm-hmm.
4: But, but still. still. <laughs> Real good. Two plus my strength of 16. Did you roll five. two ones? Oh, do I have disadvantage on You got
2: it? a natural 20. Oh. So double your damage.
4: <laughs> two, so four <laughs> plus <Okay>. my strength <laughs> Is going to be seven.
2: Seven, okay. You manage to shatter most of this hand. It starts to wobble and the glass is starting to crack. However, it's still holding on to you. It is going to try and squeeze you. Does a 17 hit you?
4: How am I defended?
2: Go ahead and use your normal armored stats for this.
4: Okay, assuming I am armored, then a 17 does.
2: Okay, you take five points of piercing damage. All right. And you hear, Usarker, Usarker, run. You have to run before she gets you. And you feel somebody grab your arm and tries to yank you away. So if you want, you can attack this round or you can try to get out of the grapple and you would have advantage with this because somebody is trying to help you out.
4: Do I think that this uh, hand is mostly shattered through?
2: So this is a new hand. Okay. This is a new hand coming from the hallway, and you do recognize it as the no, no, touch. No, no, no.
4: Oh. So there's a hand that's pulling me backwards. There's a hand pulling you backwards. But there's the hand that's pulled. That's the, from the windows. Mm-hmm. And I somewhat shattered the hand from the window. Mm-hmm. Do I think that I, that I could break it with another blow, or do I think that, that, it, that it would take more strikes to do so?
2: You think you could make another blow with this, and it would probably shatter it completely. All right.
4: Because it sounds like either way it's going to take an action to do so. So it's just a question of whether or not which one it is. My athletics is not that great, so I will go ahead and strike again. Okay. Good. That is going to be... Am I proficient with skulls? I assume not. Are you efficient with (laughs) improvised weapons? So I'm going to say that that is a 20 in total. That hits. All right.
2: Go ahead and roll your damage, please.
4: That is going to be four damage.
2: Okay. How do you shatter this glass hand that's reaching for you? You hear more starting to pull out and crunch and move towards you as well.
4: So Lord Pride takes this skull in hand and the first blow cracked and shattered a fair amount of it. And the second one, he's going aiming straight for the wrist where only a few... Tendrils of glass shards are maintaining, and he just drives the skull downward and straight through it. And then I'm going to step backwards. Whatever is pulling me from behind. I'm going to allow that to pull me and go in that direction.
2: Okay. You feel the hand around your wrist and it feels warm and it feels familiar. You look up and you see a projection of your aunt. Her hair is frazzled. She looks very, very gaunt, and she looks very scared. And She says, you have to run. You have to run. You can't. You can't let her get you. And she starts dragging you down the hallway. And you hear the crunch, crunch, crunch of more hands coming down the hallway. They're hitting the sides of the walls. They're pulling down sarcophagi. They're crunching everything down this catacomb coming after you. However, you are faster than them, but they are coming up towards you. I need you to make a wisdom saving throw with disadvantage.
4: That will be a six.
2: So you're running, you're running, you're running. You managed to get out of the catacombs. And as you get out of the catacombs, you see that the sky is red and there's a bunch of ash in the sky falling from the sky. And you see in the sky a cloud that forms in the shape of a skull. And then it smiles. And your aunt says, she found you. And then you wake up. So, Zerker, it is the morning. You did manage to wake up. Celestine, what did you do throughout, throughout the night?
0: Um, Sorry. Oh, it it is the, the evening. Sorry, what did it you is do the throughout the day.
2: That is right. It is the evening. You have woken up at your normally scheduled time to travel. Celestine, what did you do during his sleep? He he looked to be sleeping soundly this whole time. I never really. He never lost breath. He never
3: stopped breathing. No struggles, nothing like that. No struggles. Okay, for the most part, I think I just slept for the evening and then I woke up early evening and. Mm-hmm. Just went through the normal rites for the Clerics of Tempest and went through and prepared my spells for the evening.
2: All right. So you see Usarker wake up with a gasp. Now, Usarker, you wake up, and unfortunately, you wake up with one point of exhaustion.
3: That was not a good sleep. All right.
2: You also have that aching in your body as if you've aged and you feel like part of your life force has gotten sucked away again. Also, all the damage that you took during the dream has affected you. Okay. And you cannot recover these hit points until the next long rest. Alright. Even your second wind. So, like, your hit point max has reduced
3: to that. Alright. Okay? Mm -hmm. Ow. I don't think you should dream again tomorrow night.
4: Well... I wake up and this has become a reoccurring occurrence at this point. Interesting, is all I say of it as I sort myself out.
3: Did you have a successful dreaming session?
4: No, nothing of a value. You
3: look a little tired. Did you. Nightmares. Knock a That's unfortunate. I don't think you told me what you were looking for. Uh, no, I will ask. I told
4: you that I had like a, a dream, dream about a lake of blood. And I was going to see if I could, utilizing some of my aunt's techniques, find more information about that and why I would have dreamed it.
3: I... Did you find anything about the Lake of Blood?
4: Not at all. Not a thing of it.
3: Hmm. Okay. Well, at least I guess the herbs kind of worked.
4: We knew already that they could induce slumber. And dreams. And dreams, potentially. But besides that, this has been a first failure. But as a scientist, failure is simply the one method that should either be refined or abandoned, and so is one method closer to the goal. Usarker? is yes.
2: You get a power token for thinking of doing that
1: dream thing. Very Congratulations. Nice. You have two now.
4: Cool. Excellent.
2: Mm-hmm. It was very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. You all wake up the next... Evening. Your next allotted travel time. You notice that Usarker is dragging, and he looks very exhausted.
1: You okay, Lord Pride?
4: Perfectly
0: fine.
1: Uh, if you say so.
4: We need to make sure that we stay up on this, that we uh, continue on
0: here.
2: And you guys travel. This is your third travel night. Your travel is uneventful. The orcs seem to be warming up to you, especially since Batula seems to like you guys. Batula does hang around Izzy a lot, asking her questions and seems to be trying to work something out in her mind as the time goes on. And just as, well, I would say about two hours before sunrise happens, you see flames up against the mountain. Flames? Flames,
1: like campfires. Oh, okay not like a bonfire. The
2: whole fire. thing Ragged. is on fire, not dragons.
1: Got it. It's, no. it's a flaming inferno. You
0: see the reflected light of fires.
2: So you guys see, well, Izzy and Celestine have met Korgok, who was the leader of the clan. Korgok mutters something under his breath and he casts four lights up into the air and makes them dance in a sp- particular pattern in the direction of the campfires. A moment passes and you see the campfire, like something's moving in front of it in a specific code and it looks like they're communicating with each other. You think that you have finally made it to the second orc camp where the rest of the clan is. We've made it. You make it. it, takes about 15 more minutes. You manage to make it. And an orc, a very, very tall orc, comes by looks to be very similar to Yireg you think
1: they're either related or related <laughs> got it they're not related at all one of, one of those two things <laughs> yeah
4: turns out it's just you know genetic similarities but
1: they're cousins all.
2: Korgok Yireg and this other orc embrace they say some stuff in orc does anybody speak orc by the way nope not I I do you do? Yes. So they are saying between themselves, welcome back, father. Welcome back, brother. Aw. We've missed you. Please, you know, please come follow me. We have much to discuss. And yi responds, we should probably bring the diplomats that came with us from Burdusk. And the older one looks hesitant, but nods, and you see him stomp off in a huff. Lilic, you understand this. All this conversation. The rest of you guys, it just
1: looks like a party. Everyone's just excited to see each other. One seemed to stomp off and huff, but... Maybe they were just upset because they were told they had to go to do chores. Yira comes
2: up to you and says, My friends, please follow us. We have some things to discuss. Okay. Okay.
4: Yes. Very well.
2: You enter a small cavernous area that has a like a bearskin on top of it. And you see <laughs> tied up in the corner, six kobolds. They are bound and gagged and they don't necessarily look hurt, but they look very scared. As they should. The orc that you have not met yet. He says something in giant or not giant. <laughs> he says something Ooh. in
3: orc. He really didn't want us to understand. And Y-Reg <laughs> holds up
2: his hand and says, I will translate for you. This is my brother, Vrothu. Rofu? Vrothru. The Rofu. Vrothu? Vrothru. V-R-O-T-H-U. Vrothu. I will translate for you. He does not agree with father about the soft ones.
0: So Vrothru is brother of uh, Yigreg.
2: Yreg, yeah. And they're both sons of Chief Korgok. Yes. So Vrothru starts speaking and Yreg starts translating. As this is going on, The kobolds look more and more scared because they don't know who you are, they don't know what's going on. But you guys learn that the second camp of orcs managed to capture these kobolds as they were leaving the mountainous range through some interrogation tactics. Mm. Did they threaten to chop off their toes? Classic. Classic. (laughs) Classic interrogation. Are they all foot models? They could be foot models, yes. (laughs) Kobold foot models, (laughs) the foot model gang. So through some interrogation tactics, these orcs were able to find that there's an unknown number of scouts throughout the cliff sides. They are wandering the cliff sides, some with wyverns and some without. These wyverns are guarding some sort of abandoned temple or shrine that's located near the camp of the cult of the dragon. And one of the kobolds was sure they were adamant that there was some sort of secret tunnel or some su- something super important there to the cult, because, and Yireg does the air quotes, <laughs> why else would those hissing wyverns take over that area? Only a few people, including someone named Madame Mondoff and Long Dead Rosa Sionrath, the champion, are allowed entry and exit through that shrine area.
1: Oh, hey, names we recognize.
2: Mm-hmm. The camp itself is located about 20 miles into the mountain range. Vrothu also mentions through Yireg that the orc tribe did attempt to traverse this mountain range trying to find these camps, but was chased out by wyverns and snipers. So they do know they did meet up with some of these scouts and they ended up losing seven clan members in the fight.
3: That's unfortunate.
2: Shortly after that, these kobolds came out and they managed to grab them and realized that maybe infiltration might be better than trying to have a whole orc clan try to go after people who have flight and stuff on their radar. Another thing that he mentions is that giants have also been pushed out of their region as well. Oh dear. Making the area much more dangerous mm-hmm. because there's giants now roaming around an area that they normally don't roam. There what are giants sort of, in the land.
4: What sort of giants?
2: Y-Rig responds, uh, we've we've encountered hill giants before. I haven't encountered anything beyond that, but there could be more living inside the mountains themselves.
3: Okay. Well,
0: Vrothru, Yg, uh, this one thinks that we might be able to help. We can move quietly with assistance from the spirits, of course. <laughs> are you
2: saying this in common or are you saying this in Orc. orc. Vrothru looks surprised. Sizes you up. I have not met one like you
0: before. From far, this one uh, also has troubles with the vibrance. He gestures to long scars across his face and body. They have attacked uh, my lands, my people. Me here to stop threat to land.
2: Vothru sizes you up. Are you fighter or are you coward?
3: Oh, well, those are the options. <laughs>
0: I am hunter. I guide the fighters. I am willing to go. And do I have traveled far, and I am here for a fight.
2: I do not trust them. And he points to your companions.
1: he's just smiling politely because she has no idea what the <laughs> heck they're saying.
2: They hunt and kill us in past, but I have not met you. If you are friend, we are friend. If you are foe, I will kill you.
0: This is the way. This is
2: the way. And Vothru turns to his father and says in Orc, "Father, I believe that a few of us must go. However, not the whole clan. If these soft ones wish to die, I will let them die." Is he still smiling? <laughs> and still and on. Exactly. Korgok responds, "I." wish for th- their help. And Vrothu does a command and leaves.
0: I'm going to so give a shortened, shortened version that of that about? to the group.
1: Oh, um, he wants us to die?
0: No. Uh, Vrothu <laughs> doesn't
4: trust you. I uh, expect he does a interpretation,
1: yeah. not a translation. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah.
0: Vrothu does not trust you as uh, your peoples have... Uh, attacked his people.
1: Well, um, considering I don't know who my people are, it's kind of a very broad statement to make. <laughs> aren't, like
0: you al-
4: aren't you at least seventy percent human by definition of the Sure, but it uh, doesn't mean researched. I know what
1: my parentage is. Well,
4: it means that your immediate parents were most likely human.
1: Does
0: not matter your heritage specifically. Vrothro thinks what Vrothru thinks. It- Oh, uh, yeah. Only grudgingly uh, make accordance with this one.
2: Korgok approaches you all and asks for your help and describes vaguely what Vothru normally, like his normal tactics and stuff. And Vothru usually wants to send in like a, a scout team, usually anywhere from four to six people at any given time to do a scouting mission to see how they could get through, if the whole clan can survive, where the camp is, things like that. And he okay. explains this all to you. He also offers to send anyone in the clan who can speak common, or if Lilic is willing to translate the whole time, he is willing to give up two or three of his men to help you traverse the area since they know it well. Mm. It
1: would be nice to have at least one guide. Gorgok. Yes.
0: Uh, This one can speak with the scales, the hard ones there. They know this area. Perhaps we can use them to lead us.
2: This is agreeable. Who would you like?
0: So I I was referring to the kobolds.
2: Oh, the kobolds. Yeah.
0: Hard ones. Sorry, Mm -hmm. scales.
2: Oh, sorry. I was a little confused for there. Yeah, my bad. You want t- tiny dragons over clan?
0: No. As well as, may I speak with them?
2: Yes. Ye rig watch.
0: bows and addresses.
2: And Korgok ends up leaving. He decides to leave. Bye, Korgok. Izzy, you see that the bracelet that you gave him, you see it's tied around his neck, but it's on like a very long chain mm-hmm. because it's too small for his his wrist. He's wearing it around his neck. I hope
1: that he's at least enjoying it for the memory of his departed wife.
0: So to the group here, I was thinking, okay, so I know Draconic might be able oh, to... True. I, I'm not very charismatic, so like being able to <laughs> intimidate these guys or things like that may not be incredibly effective.
1: Maybe if you offer them shiny things.
4: Using them as guides could be really dangerous yeah yeah because of the opportunity for betrayal right or being like oh yeah totally safe quicksand
0: mm-hmm.
4: yeah okay mm-hmm. now, I'm, I'm not saying that you know we shouldn't do it and frankly since we don't speak orc this <laughs> is your show
0: here to decide
1: well were you speaking orc to the chief during that whole exchange or were you speaking um, common
0: just now. Was I think probably spe- speaking common. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just
2: now he was addressing all of you in mm-hmm. common.
0: Yeah, I at least want to talk to the kobolds and see if they give us any more information than what was there.
1: That'd be good. I mean, Celestine and I can do a pretty good bad cop good cop. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, so, and and you can translate.
0: <laughs> t- turning to the party.
1: I very. You have methods.
0: had uh, interaction, talks with, uh, contact with the kobolds before.
1: Yes. Um, I mean, we've had contact with them. We haven't really conversed with them before. <laughs> we've
0: co- communicated with other cult members. I
4: don't know that we've had extensive inter-cobald relationships.
1: I might have heard that some of them are named Phil, Philip. I don't know. From yes, I
4: did hear that screamed a few times
1: <laughs> from
2: down the corridor, from where the kobolds are tied here. Phil, you know Phil? Wait! Oh my gosh, guys, tongues? he knows Phil. <laughs> And that's where we're going to end our session.
4: <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Power Word Crit. Stay tuned to find out what happens next time on powerwordcrit.com or your favorite podcast streaming site. Uh-oh.